Graham Home here, aka Australia's original money mentor, with the beautiful Beck Home, not Walker. Hey, hey Beck. Hey, Beck. And Mr. Matt Loney, Flex on the Decks. How are you, Matty? Very good, mate. Excellent, excellent. Now, today, interesting topic that uh, surprisingly the beautiful Beck wanted to share. So, this podcast is titled Beck The Third Wheel in Our Relationship. The third wheel in our relationship. Now, fortunately, ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually aware of the third wheel in our relationship. Spoiler alert. It's not another person. Oof, I was getting a little bit stressed there. Anyway, <laughs> so that would have been a taboo, taboo topic. But no, it's we- all come about off the back of the Facebook post that you put up this morning, G, about a client that has bought and sold uh, investment property through us. So, which for us then, it's not the third wheel, it's the fourth wheel and fifth wheel and sixth wheel. We've got a couple of wheels. We've got a couple of wheels going on, right? And this is what we want everybody in Australia deserves to be able to have. They all need a couple of wheels. So, by wheels, ladies and gentlemen, in the relationship, the third wheel or the the third leg, we're actually referring to another income stream going to work for us every day, right? Yeah, it's like having an extra person going to work for you. So... Explain this third wheel, Beck. What is it? So we're currently talking about uh, your investment property. Mm -hmm. So let's use the example from Facebook as a real example. Well, I know this. I know this example inside and out. So you can you can pick my brain apart on it. Go for gold. So they purchased five years ago for how much? Uh, Four hundred and eighty thousand, just north of Brisbane. And they've uh, whereabouts? Sorry, just north of Brisbane, North Lakes, Griffin area. So they've just sold, and what did they sell for? 767000 So how much profit is that in uh, five years? 200, uh, 287000 They bought it in June 2017, before 80, and they've sold it now in June 2022, nearly exactly five years later, for seven sixty seven. So capital growth, gross profit, $287,000 in five years. So if we... Look at that, I guess, and annualize it annually. It's 50, uh, I post this one, $57,400 before tax, not including rental income, depreciation, tax deductions, cash flow, just pure capital growth if you have a liquidity event. So I think what some people forget as well is your tax rate. Like for us to earn $57,000, we'd probably have to go and make a hundred to keep fifty-seven. Now, of course, there's going to be capital gains on the property, but from memory, you came up with some strategies to help them around that as well. Yeah, well, I think this is the toothless Timmy on the tinnies, the head chef of the barbecue mafia. No one likes toothless Timmy. No one likes toothless Timmy's, right? And it's like, yep, I, I know boats, mate, or, you know, I drive a Hilux because they're unbreakable. Now, Toyotas are a bloody great car, but that's just an ad that become, a, 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 I guess, a way of life for people saying Toyota Hiluxes are unbreakable. Plenty of cars in the market. So please don't listen to the barbecue mafia. I've actually got a, um, sorry to interrupt you, a great example of this from the real estate mastery we ran last weekend. We had a client that's made nearly 250000 in 12 months off a property that they purchased through us. And when they signed the contracts 12 months ago, they were at a barbecue with all their friends and all of them were telling them, oh, the Gold Coast, never going to make any money. So that's COVID, just, wah, wah, wah. It's just we own the perfect zero, example we of exactly zero what the barbecue properties mafia talks about. And we rent, but we're f- 
fucking property experts. We're gurus. Yeah? So good point. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And they made $250,000 and they haven't even settled. They can sell that settlement and have a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. Pretty good. Anyway, we'll go away from that. Right, back talking. to the third wheel. Back to the third wheel, not the bloody barbecue mafia. That's a whole different podcast <laughs> series I look forward of to podcasts. I've got some heat on that one. So, okay, so it's $287,000 of capital growth. Now, the barbecue mafia, I've got to really dig into this for all. So, so hang 10 here with me. Follow me in this. Everybody believes that if you sell a property, you pay 50% of it in capital gains tax. <clears throat> Incorrect. All right? You can't do that. All this fucking bullshit that I hear. It's wrong. You actually get a 50% CGT, capital gains tax discount, when you own an asset or an investment for more than 365 days. So capital gains tax, when it was introduced, and I'm no accountant, you can seek some accounting advice for your specific circumstances, but they want to encourage people not to enter and exit the investment market really quick. So if you buy real estate and you own it and hold it for more than a year, they give you a 50% discount on the capital gain, which means, I'll use a round number just so it's easy for everyone listening, instead of the 287, if you make $300,000 profit on a property, automatically if you own it for a year, you get 150000 being 50% of the profit, is cash money, it's free. You do not pay any capital gains tax on it. Now, the other $150,000 is taxed at your marginal tax rate in the financial year that you liquidate the asset. So in this specific, firstly, I just want people to understand if you make $300,000, $150 of it is not going to be taxed if you've had it for more than a year. Now you're only paying tax on $150,000. So you're not paying anywhere near as much tax as you think. Now I want to give you a better example. For all of you that have got four, five, six hundred thousand dollar home loans and you've got an investment property or two. And some of you listening to this have been through this process with me. I won't mention any names. Loretta <clears throat> and Carlos, for example's sake. But seen the light, okay? You invest to make money. Therefore, if you make money, but you don't sell and have a liquidity event because you're scared of paying tax, you're not wealthy. You're still paying non-deductible interest on your home loan. So looking at that example, if you've got a $300,000 profit and you've got a, you know, you've got a home loan of a couple of hundred grand and you can take $150,000 of that profit straight away, that's $150,000 off your home loan. Now, the average family is paying somewhere between nine dollars to $12,000 a year in net principal reduction off their home loan. 150, that's 15 years of principal reduction for the average family. That's insane. It just goes to show why you need a team around you. Well, let's go back to this. Has anybody listening to this? So let me ask you, Beck, have you ever woken up in the morning, the alarm's gone off and you've gone, nap, snooze, there's no way I'm going to work today. The tax man's going to take 50% of my pay in tax for me to go to work today. And you've just pulled the blanket back on over and gone back to sleep? No, I like paying tax. That means you're making money. Thank you. Maddie, do you ever press snooze in the morning and go, no way, the tax man's going to take half my pay? Or do you come to work? 
Mate, I show up to work on time and ready to earn some money. I like the little on time and <laughs> comment there, of course, on time all the time from of course, mate. Maddie Loney flexing on the decks. So we go to work for the net pay. You don't go, nah, I'm, I don't want to go to work and earn my net pay. Not selling an investment because you don't want to pay tax is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in 22 years in financial services and real estate. The dumbest. And I only ever usually hear it from toothless Timmies on the tinnies at a barbecue or uneducated or, respectfully, ill-advised and misinformed investors. Your parents told you, your friend told you, please listen, you are not paying half of your profit in tax. You are getting a discount on half of your profit. It's a free lunch. Cut the lunch and run. Then the balance, so we'll go through this in more detail. The balance is taxed, okay? So what we did for this family, $287,000 profit, okay? I got them down after their 50% capital gains tax discount, talking to the accountant, the lawyer, out of $287,000. Have a guess how much tax you think they're paying. No one's ever looking at me like, oh, I don't know with you, Joe. <laughs> I don't know what wrong. you've done. I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> ah, okay. So less than, still working at less than $39,675. 39, out of $287,000. So this is where we talk about a team, ladies and gentlemen, because if you have a look at this realistically, that, what do we say, is about fifty-seven and a half grand, right? That $57,500, and this is why Bex called this the third wheel, that $57,500 gross over five years per annum has netted out to be $49,465 a year net profit after five years. And That's- like you said earlier, not including all the rental income you got along the way, not including all the tax deductions you received, and also factoring in whatever your tax bracket is, how much you would have to earn to keep $49,000 a year. Exactly. Now, in this case, 50% of it was discounted because they got a CGT discount. Then they spoke to the accountant, the financial planner, the solicitor. We did some holistic planning as a team of experts to mitigate tax. They actually put some money into superannuation and they got a tax deduction to put money into superannuation. Now, superannuation's contributions tax is only 15 cents in the dollar for these people. So any tax they were paying, which was higher, is now reduced. They're putting it into super. They're only paying a little bit of contributions tax and they're getting more when they retire and paying less tax now. That's more net money in this family's household. So why did these clients decide to sell? (laughs) The golden question. Thank you, Beck. So interestingly enough, they have some non-deductible debt. They have some non-deductible debt left on an owner-occupied property. What we established, they have multiple properties. They're on about their fifth or sixth property now. We established they had no more borrowing capacity and they want seven, eight, nine, ten. They're also paying non-deductible interest on the family home, on the home loan. Doesn't make sense. They've made money. They're up $287,000 and they're fucking paying off a loan for a couple of hundred thousand dollars. On what planet would I be that stupid? sorry anyway so we looked at the numbers and guys it might be time to sell this property it's five years old it's still appealing it's in a family yes it could keep going up in value 
That's why nobody ever sells. It could go up more and I could have to pay tax. Or we could be thankful and not greedy and we could take the $287,000, pay off our home loan in full and then redraw the $287,000 for Mm. free without applying because we've got redraw and now have no non-deductible debt and the $287,000 has instantly become tax-deductible debt to buy another investment property if that's the final destination of funds. So we sold one, paid out the home loan in full, created fresh serviceability, borrowing capacity, and have bought two new investment properties. Hang on a minute. I repeat. Sold one, paid off all the home loan debt, and bought two. You know what's better than one? Two. Ten. It's <laughs> <laughs> my new line. But two is better. If I've got two properties at $500,000 going up 10% a year, that's $50,000 on each. So I'd rather have two properties going up at 10% or 5% than one. And no debt on my home. None. They own their home, their palace, their castle. Put a motor around with sharks with fucking laser beams on their head. They own their palace for the rest of their life. Love it. And look, I guess while we're talking about it, it is it was for me a bit of a barrier to get my head around that you sell it. After you've made money, I was very attached to the amount of properties I had. Oh, ladies and hang on, hang on, hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife here, the beautiful back home, is the captain of the debate team. (laughs) She has never lost a debate in 10 years. This is a very interesting moment. This is a rare moment. This is a rare (laughs) moment. A rare moment. This is live on the air. Maddie, you are my witness here, Maddie. So I actually recall this moment. I was on stage. There's about 300 people in the room at the Sofitel in Brisbane in 2019, I believe. <laughs> and I actually was putting new content out and we discussed this and we de- sorry, we debated this and I had previously lost. And I hadn't put my case forward strong enough. I hadn't supported it I with data. I understood it intellectually. It was emotionally that was the problem, which is never usually. Say that again. I understood it intellectually. It was emotionally which is pretty rare for me. So but. one of the smartest people I know, definitely one of the smartest people I know, and you understood it intellectually but your emotions were overriding your intellect is what you're saying. Yeah, I loved saying that I had X amount of properties rather than is each one of these properties performing to their maximum ability. Like some of them I'd held for a while. The tax depreciation I was getting was probably not as good as what I could be getting. The yields weren't as strong based on their current market value versus their acquisition value? Yeah, correct. All of those things. Okay. So what you're saying is I was right. You were right. Pardon? You were correct. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> so so and we'll come back to amount of properties in a minute because you've, you've done a few in the last eight or nine years. It's pretty, pretty inspirational to be honest. But the key here is that – you have to understand what you're actually doing. If you can liquidate one to turn it into two, if you can understand that buy and hold has been around since the beginning of the end, yes, it makes you a lot of money. Never sell. Buy and never sell and never pay any tax and rah, rah, rah. However, if you do want to continue to grow, at some point you will be forced to sell mm-hmm. or unable to grow. So you either have progress or you regress. 
You're growing or dying. You're growing or you're dying, okay? So I remember putting that out and I remember you walking into the back of the room and I'm like, oh, I've got my data this time and my chest was up high and my shoulders were back. You didn't have my... to. I was finally ready to let something go. <laughs> and my white bed board pen was going furiously and I remember putting the case for the client that was like, wow, you're right. If I sell those two, I can pay out my home in full and part of that investment and buy two or three more investments. And I'm like, absolutely. And as we know from real client experience, for example, Carlos and Loretta, they had a block of land and an old unit, which was Loretta's first home. They sold both of those, paid out their mortgage. Well, I mean, again, that was her first property, so she was very attached to it. I might, well, a lot, to get, a lot of a, money is emotional rather than intellectual. We'll have to get her on the podcast to, to talk about that. I think it's a really important one that it took them a few months to go, I know he's right intellectually, yeah, mathematically, but emotionally I sacrificed. I ate two-minute noodles. I had a black and white TV on a cardboard box with bunny ears on it with no signal. So it took them a while to get that. But long and the short, it can be beneficial to sell because if you look at what it could go up in value one day and look at all the interest you paid on your non-deductible debt, all those minimum payments, all those expenses, when you could clear that debt, redraw it without even having to apply if you've got redraw and starting again and turning one into two possibly. Yeah. So any for the anyone who's currently in the firm who has an existing property that wants to know if it's performing or not, I think this is a good opportunity to reach out to your wealth strategist and we can have a look at it for you. Yeah, drop a note to the money coach team or your wealth strategist and, and let's have that conversation. Let's audit that property's performance. What was it performing at, at its acquisition date? How is it performing in today's market? They're so, out working for you, but are they working part-time or full-time? Yeah, we want our third wheels need to be full-time, full-time. right? They need to be doing overtime. <laughs> like they need to be punching that ticket. <laughs> and uh, actually speaking of, of wheels, Beck, just on that, you talked about a lot X properties before. So, and not for an ego thing, but you were buying and holding. You were building and building and building and you were never letting, I'll never tell, never let go, right? Now, since this dramatic shift in 2019, to date, what year did you buy your first investment property? 2013. 2013, you bought several. Now, so we're 2022, so we're nine years, mm-hmm. okay, nine years in. Now, how many properties have you traded, bought, sold, held? So you don't own this collectively right now, but how many properties have you traded since 2013 in the nine, last nine years? 104. Sorry? 104. So it was pretty exciting towards the end of last year because we finally tipped over the 100 mark. But... So clearly none of the assets are in my name, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you were wondering. Not many anyway. So <laughs> she has a little chuckle there, but it's true. What's uh, Bex is Bex and what's Graham's is Bex. But that's trust. So 104 properties. How old now? 32. 32 years old. Now, people think, oh, I don't understand how they make so much money or, one, we work seven days a week. We love what we do. It's not a job. Working seven days a week helps. But also we've been smart enough to let go. Yeah. When something underperformed, we let it go. When something did perform, we also let it go. Mm -hmm. So we actually let go of our underperformers and overperformers. You invest to make money. If you never sell, you never really make money. It's just a game of Monopoly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And again, I think 
you know, a lot of people procrastinate, but like we always say, it's time in the market, not timing the market. Oh, you're stealing my lines now. That's actually my line. You stole it off. Oh, me. We'll let that one go. Oh, ouch, savage. Jeez, help me, Matty, help me. All right, so you heard a time in the market, not timing the market. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope this one's helped. Again, if you are not an Infinity family member and you are struggling financially and you'd love some help, feel free to head over to www.money-mentor.com.au. Register for our online or live or virtual Money Mentor Masterclass. And uh, if you're struggling, hit us up for a discount code, drop us a DM on social media and we'll do what we can to help. Over and out, guys.